We are blessed to have you join us. What we do for Christ has infinite significance. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Are we trusting God to affect the world for Christ and eternity? Or are we charting our own course, consumed with the temporal pleasures of our finite earthly existence? Are we praying without ceasing, or are we ceasing to pray for God-called laborers to fulfill the harvest? God will never fail us. Are we failing Him? Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Pray that you would help me to speak in the power of the Spirit in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, We are in the series on marriage, and we want you to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. It's our startup verse for this, this particular message. The Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32, it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And I want to, last week we talked uh, to the singles, and uh, we, we uh, shared our heart passionately as it relates to living the single life to the glory of God. Now we're transitioning to husbands and wives in holy matrimony. And with that being said, we want to start this segment of the series off by giving you, you can entitle this, Misconceptions in Marriage. Misconceptions in Marriage. Beloved, if you proceed into a marriage not knowing the truth about it, then you will be more inclined to believe the many misconceptions that are swirling around in this world system. There are many, many misconceptions, many lies and falsities as it relates to marriage, but you need to know what is truth, and once you know what is truth, you will not buy into the lies that Satan is assaulting uh, the institution of marriage with. Therefore, the scripture says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Since marriage is one of the most important decisions you'll make in your life, you need to know the truth about it so you won't be deceived, ending up distraught as well as miserable. With that being said, I shall now give uh, some misconceptions that people have about the institution of marriage. What are some of the misconceptions that people have about marriage? The first misconception is this, number one, that premarital counseling is the only counseling you will ever need in marriage. That premarital counseling is the only counseling you will ever need in marriage. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no counsel, say no counsel. No counsel. The people fall and your marriage will <clears throat> fail if you're not servicing your marriage to the glory of God. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety, my friends. Permit me to say this. To keep your marriage healthy, to keep your marriage vibrant, you must continue to invest in your marriage through attending conferences on marriage, through attending seminars on marriage, and getting away and being alone for the sake of your marriage. Time 
of refreshing your marriage to the glory of God, going somewhere, getting out of the routine, getting away from work, going somewhere where you can just focus on each other, have some downtime together. Because if you can enjoy being away from each other uh, more than being together, then your marriage is in serious trouble. I'm amazed at, at how many people get married with no premarital counseling as if they know what marriage is all about. And then oftentimes they end up in a rude awakening simply because they didn't know what they were getting into prior to marriage. So to keep your marriage healthy and vibrant, you must continue to invest in your marriage through conferences, seminars, and getaways. Uh, The second misconception as it relates to marriage, people think that as long as they have love alone, that is enough. Now, that's a misconception. People think that as long as they have love alone, that that is enough. Galatians 5.13b says, but through love, serve one another. You have to work at your marriage. You, 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 you have to keep at it to the glory of God. Couples go into marriage not knowing that a successful marriage takes a lifetime of work. A successful marriage takes a lifetime of work. You will never get through working on your marriage. You will never arrive. Many assume that things will just naturally get better on their own. All we have to do is just stay in love and all the pieces will just magically come together. You are hallucinating. (laughs) Okay, you really, really are thinking that love alone is enough to sustain your marriage. You have to work. You have to work. You reap what you sow. You get out what you put in. And some of your marriages are dry and stale and a mess because you're not putting nothing in it. You're not investing in it. And so it's dry, it's stale, and you just simply coexisting. Thirdly, the third misconception is that many think it's okay to divorce and there are no consequences if it doesn't work out. That's another misconception. Many think it's okay to divorce and there are no consequences if it doesn't work out. In other words, they go into marriage anticipating that it will fail. Now, now that's a defeatist attitude, going into marriage, anticipating that it will fail. Genesis 2.24 says, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall underline this cleave. Say cleave. I like the King James versions there. Say cleave again. You know what cleave means? Cleave means to stick like glue. Stick like glue. Nothing can separate you. The storms can't separate you. The trials, the disappointments, the letdowns, the ups, the downs, nothing can separate you. No matter if the harder things get, the closer it binds you. My wife have gone, and I have gone through a whole lot, but it didn't separate us. It binds us together. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his spouse and they shall be one flesh. One plus one equals one in marriage. It is not regular math. Okay. Now, listen, if you will, listen closely, my friends. If you enter marriage expecting it to fail, like these prenuptial agreements and all that junk. If you enter marriage expecting it to fail, 
it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Did you get that? Did you catch that? If you enter into marriage expecting it to fail, it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're speaking doom on your marriage before you can get it going. This goes to the extent that people won't even enter into a marriage covenant preferring to cohabitate, shacking up, thinking that leaving is easier if it doesn't work out. And some people just let a woman, let a man go. That's another notch. I've had five, six. Honey, I'm on my seventh one and he ain't working. You know, here, here I let five women go. And uh, right now I'm just alone, but I'm about to get married again. Please don't stop messing up other folk lives. You messed up three. Stop. One is too much to mess up. Cohabitating is sin. Well, we'll live in another bedroom. We'll stay together. And I'm not, I'm going to, we'll live in a house and we're not going to do nothing. Oh, don't bring that mess to me. If you're a red blooded man, mm-mm, that, that ain't working. Stop fooling yourself. Stop deceiving yourself. You need to get out of that house. And uh, women, stop devaluing yourself. That's right. You get license for dogs and cats and fishing. License for, for all this stuff. Listen, you get license to get married. You ought not be tied up with somebody's life and they don't think enough of you to get the papers. If you value me, you're going to do the right thing. We're going to get some paper and we're going down to that church house. We're going to get some good old-fashioned counseling. We're going to know what we're getting into. Then we'll say, I do. Won't y'all say amen? Y'all getting quiet in here. One of the major reasons our world finds itself in such a painful mess is because God's people have allowed the world to define what is normal for society. This sad fact is extremely apparent as related to the institution of marriage. Listening today as Pastor Rander continues to speak about this matter in the message, Misconceptions in Marriage. He'll begin our discussion in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse number 32. If you enter marriage expecting it to fail, it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. This goes to the extent that people won't even enter into a marriage covenant, preferring to cohabitate, thinking that leaving is easier if it doesn't work out. Remember the age-old adage, which says, and I quote, why buy the cow when you can get the milk free? That's right. (laughs) So what's that free milk stuff? Mm-hmm. Man, you you need the cow. Don't y'all say amen. All right, number four. <laughs> A fourth misconception is this, that in-laws don't matter. Ooh. In-laws do matter. Mother-in-law, father-in-law, they, they do matter. You are why 
wise indeed to build a relationship with your prospective in-laws prior to marriage so that you won't be blindsided. Amen. You're going to marry somebody and you have a, you don't know the mama, you don't know the daddy, and they don't know your mama and don't know that. That's a dangerous thing to just elope and just disappear and then come back home. Mama, I'm married. That's stupid. You ought to bring the person you're thinking about marrying home, let your parents check them out, and let the, the and vice versa. And talk about things, talk about issues, get to know them. And listen, if you can't get along with them before your, your, your prospective in-laws before you marry, what, what makes you think it's going to all work out after the fact? And so many marriages dissolve because of in-law invasiveness. In I mean, just all in the business. You know, the, the daughter can't leave the mama, the, the, the man can't leave the mama or daddy or whatever. It's as if you're still single, depending on mama and daddy. You married, you won, cleave, cleave, cleave. That in-laws don't matter. In-laws do matter. When you're married, you are merging families. Say merging families. Your family has just gotten bigger. And you're wise indeed to build a relationship with your prospective in-laws prior to marriage so that you won't be blindsided. Ruth 116b says, your people shall be my people. That's right. Your people shall be my people. You're merging. And your God, my God. Uh, number five, the fifth misconception is this, that they can change their prospective spouse. You see things not right. You see signs all over the place that things not working out right. You, you see signs. You see indications that that are not right. And you just think, you know what? I, I can bear with this. I see some things I don't like, and I think we can work that out a little bit later on. Maybe a little bit of counseling will work that out. Uh, you know, the Bible can change him and all that or can change her. If I just get him to come to my church or her to come to my church, those little differences will work itself out. I, hold, hold, hold it. There is no guarantee about that. No guarantee. Listen, you can't change anybody. That's right. right. Repeat after me. I, I cannot, change cannot change anybody. anybody. Matter of fact, it takes God to change you. you hear what I say? It takes God to change you. Now, if it takes God to change you, what make you think you can change somebody? You're not God. You're not on a throne. Some of y'all think y'all can be controlling folk life, but you can't change anybody. You can't. Only God can do that, my friends. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. It is the Lord and the Holy Spirit working in us that changes us and matures us through the process of sanctification from one level in Christ to the next level. He changes us for the better and into his likeness and into the image of his dear son. 
The spirit of God does that. No man, no woman, no human manipulation, none of this stuff can change the heart of a person. It takes the spirit of the living God to work in the heart of that man and woman and even children to change a person for time and eternity. We must realize that we are not God and do not have the power to change our prospective spouse or even our spouse if we are married. Transformation comes from God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Transformation comes from God through the inner working of the Holy Spirit. Number six, another misconception is this, that they will live happily ever after once they get married. Ooh, we're going to be so happy. We're going to be happy, happy, happy. No, 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 no. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 says, I keep reiterating this verse because you need to get it in your heart. You need to get it in your soul, your spirit. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and cleave. Cleave when you're upset. How many of y'all ever been upset at your spouse? Raise your hands. You, you, you ever been? That's right. Some of y'all scared to live. Some of y'all scared to raise your hand. You don't know what to do. You're going. Because you know when you get on. What, what were you upset about? There's some days there's going to be misunderstandings. There's going to be some hurts, some pain, some things that wasn't done that was supposed to be done, some misunderstandings. And yet you're still, what? Married. You're not happy. That's right. You're pouting. But positionally, you what? Once you get saved and once the Holy Ghost have arrested you and you've been changed from the inside out. And then you have a weak moment and you tell a lie. Does that mean positionally you are unsaved? Y'all scared to tell? No, it doesn't mean you're unsaved. You, you, you didn't fall, you didn't fall off the ship. You fell on the ship. You understand what I'm saying? You know? And then you have to do what? You have to call sin for what it is. I lied. You need to confess it and you need to plead the blood of Jesus Christ over that sin and turn from it and live righteously thereafter. Why don't you say amen? You know what confession is? Confession is agreeing with God about the sin you have committed. You leave. So, so you are married when you have good days, married when you have bad days, married when you got more month. Than money, you still married. When the children go, when things go well with the children, when things just break open and fall to pieces, you are still married and you allow God to work through those issues to the glory of God. My friends, there's nothing that intrude in your marriage that God can't work out. If you just learn to give those issues to Jesus as soon as you possibly can. As soon as you possibly can to the glory of Almighty God. You cannot approach marry, marriage like some type of fairy tale. Your marriage will have issues. You're lying if you said my marriage have had no issues. 
you're two imperfect people, you will have issues. Therefore, you must cleave to your spouse through your struggles. You stick to her, you stick to him through your challenges. You hang together, you stick together like through, through your trials, your disappointment, as well as your joys. As well as your joys. Say amen. One more and I'll be done and uh, we'll continue this the next time. Let me give you the seventh misconception about marriage. That marriage will result in material gain. Marriage will result in material gain. Listen, you can get married and your marriage is no, there's no <laughs> a way of thinking. You should not believe for a moment that just because you're married, you're going to be well off and you're going to just go an easy ride financially. Now, you can bring some issues on yourself because of mismanagement. But because you get married doesn't mean you're going to gain materially, especially when you have irresponsibility from one spouse or the other. First Timothy chapter six, verses six through 10 says, now godliness with contentment is great gain, but we bought nothing into this world. And it is certain that we carry nothing. What? And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Verse 10, for the love of money, huh? for the love of money is not evil, but the what? Don't mean, not money, rather money is not evil, but the what? The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their what? Greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. My friends, I close with this. To marry someone for what they can get is wrong. Okay? To marry someone for what they can get is wrong, evil, and selfish. You will end up with blasted hopes and shattered dreams. Let me say this. Material wealth does not guarantee a successful marriage. Did you get what I said? And some people want to marry because of what people have and what they got and all that kind of stuff, and they still turn around and slap your face. Yes, right. They, they can, you can have money and not have character. You can, be, you can have money and not have a good reputation. You can have money and you are abusive emotionally. Uh, uh, you can see that in the NFL and with your athletes. Not all of them, but a lot of them struggle with uh, just knocking their spouse around and doing all kinds of things to the detriment of that relationship. Material wealth does not guarantee a successful marriage. You need to marry because God has led you to marry that person and not because of your emotions. You cannot trust, you cannot trust your emotions. You cannot, not because of personal wealth. You can live out in dominion and will have, and it's possible you could have divorced five or six times. And some of the wealthiest people are some of the most unhappiest people. You know, it's better to have a peanut butter sandwich in a shack than to have a 18-room mansion, 18 bedrooms, 20 toilets, and you're in the corner of the kitchen, perhaps even in the pantry. And all God's children said, 
Let's pray. And Father, we thank you for this message. So insightful. Lot of truth. Lot of practical insights. In a time when holy matrimony means absolutely nothing in this world system. Father, help us to celebrate what you have created and honor that which belongs to you because it came from you. You're the great architect of marriage. You designed it. It's yours. And oh, how sweet our relationships can be if we take these biblical principles and inculcate them into our marriage to the glory of God. And all God's children said... If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109 directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.